0: Hi, and welcome to Process, a podcast where we have honest conversations about what it takes to manage the ups and downs of the creative journey. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. So this is a special episode because I'm just coming back from a little break from this podcast. I think maybe we should call this season two of the podcast. So technically, this is episode 34 of Process. Anyway, I'm really excited to be back with this next episode with Anna Quinlan, who, well, I'm going to read to you her bio on Instagram because it kind of summarizes everything that drew me to her. So she's a storyteller. Or so she writes, she's a nature lover, gratitude cultivator, sweat addict, which if you check out her Instagram, you'll see all her pictures about fitness and all the races and things that she does girl power enthusiast, and more. So I'm really excited to talk to Anna today because while I found her first on a blog uh, about motherhood, I followed her to Instagram and fell in love with how passionate she is about creating. And I really want to share this conversation with you and dig deep into you know Anna's story, how she left her corporate job, to write full time, what that looks like, what it's like to do that while taking care of two boys and also taking care of herself because fitness is such a big part of her life. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Anna. Anna, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I've been looking at your Instagram for months now. I (laughs) have to be honest. I came across your work first um, on a very popular motherhood blog. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about CNC in a little bit. But that led me to your Instagram. And then I fell in love with your pictures and your badassery working out (laughs) and sharing your writing. Sometimes about working out. Sometimes sometimes about other topics. um, And... I'm curious to know what is your first love? Is it fitness or is it writing or w- what is it? Because I feel like you're you show passion for so many things uh including motherhood which we'll talk about in a bit too. So yeah, yeah. I'm just um, curious about how how you stand on that.
1: That's a great question, one that I don't have a clear answer to. To be honest, I've never thought about that. That it like reminds me of that old Seinfeld episode of the Speed Dial. I don't know if you watched Seinfeld back in the day, but I was there was more like a, a whole
0: person, but I'll look it up. Okay,
1: okay, but there was like a whole thing about who's number 1 on your speed dial and number 2 and the friends were like compete to try to get that number 1 spot on speed dial, you know. Um and I don't I've never thought about fitness and writing and my various, you know, motherhood hobbies and um, duties and all of that in terms of a first passion or a first love. I don't know. I think it all kind of works together. It's all a part of uh, what keeps me, me.
0: Yeah. Cause, okay. So based off what I read um, and I'll, I'll share a link to this, this post uh, that you wrote about how your second son, I think your second son, right? You're just two. I have two boys. Yep. Yes. Two boys. So how your second boy joined your family and I'll share that in the show notes. Um, But so you have two boys Mm -hmm. and running is a big part of your life, right? Um, Yeah,
1: I mean, fitness in general, being active, I kind of... Train for different races or go through different little phases. So I actually haven't really run in a while now. I ran a marathon in April, and then yeah. I've taken mostly a nice long break since then. So,
0: which my congrats! And I must right. say that I, the other day I was googling mega reformers. Yes. <laughs> the other day I'm like, yeah. what is this? I'm learning new things every day through your Instagram, and yeah. so I, I just wonder how for you all of it fits together. I mean, and as a fellow mom, I also ask myself like, how, how does this work? But it's, uh, it's inspiring.
1: How does, yeah.
0: But how does it all fit into, um, your, your work? Because I feel like just reading some of the things that you've, uh, that you've written in the past is very powerful stuff. I am curious to know how you feel about, like you said, it's all one and the same. How does that, how does that work?
1: Um, well, I mean, writing is my livelihood right now. That's my career. So, I mean, my professional background was more in sales and marketing and have done, have had corporate sales and marketing jobs for the vast majority of my career and then left the corporate world last year to pursue writing full-time, which had always just been like a side hobby. I'd always just kind of moonlighted, you know, written articles and blog posts here and there. Um, so right now, I mean, writing is my full-time job. So, That is a passion, and certainly I feel really fortunate to be able to do that um, and get paid to do that and have that be my career. But there's also, you know, more structure surrounding that and a little more pressure on it because I am helping to support my family through that work and hoping to really grow my career in that avenue. So that's, you know, it's work. It's my passion, but it's also work. Um, And then one of the reasons that I love writing and one of the reasons I love that I'm getting to do it as um, a career, as a job right now, is this idea that to be a good writer, you have to have something to say, um, and generally to have something to say, you need to be living an interesting life. I think. So for me, you know, being active, um, I don't know, it kind of all just feels like forward motion to me. I guess when I am active with my body, for me, a lot of times that helps my mind. I don't know, stay in flow, stay in motion. If I feel like I have writer's block or I'm just kind of stuck on an idea, um, a lot of times I find when I you know get outside, get moving, get sweating, the, the knots in my mind kind of get unwound as well. Um, and then a lot of the activity that I have done, certainly all of last year. So in 2015, my New Year's resolution was to do one race every month. So I was doing kind of all different stuff. I wasn't really in one solid routine in terms of fitness or activity. And then this year in 2016, I started off with training for a marathon, which I ran in April um, for Every Mother Counts, which is a charity. And then kind of right after that, went into getting certified to teach uh, mega former classes, which you mentioned earlier, mega which is... Former, and mega former. Mega I know. Mega reformer. A lot of people do it. Here's it's the based thing. originally on the Pilates reformer and then has been gotcha. tweaked and put on steroids. And so I'm not all, super off. Not at all. Okay. You're very close. Very the close. The
0: I live in Nicaragua, where... There are no machines for doing Pilates. Um right. we just have an instructor who thinks it's Pilates. What we're kind of doing we're like twenty years, you know, like rewind in the whole like fitness, you know, I think there's one CrossFit place in Nicaragua. So right. I guess that's where my not like not being up with the lingo, you know what I mean, comes from. Right. Yeah. But no problem. No yeah. problem. But it looks amazing and you look like cheese. Yeah, like, wow. You're super fit, lady. <laughs> thank you. Um, so I mean I,
1: I enjoy fitness a lot, which yeah. helps. I don't really use fitness as a I'm not super obsessed with I don't know what what bodies look like for me it's more fun. But so all that to say I've had so much variety in that part of my life. Um you know I'm not just someone that's like Mondays I run and Tuesdays I do this and Wednesdays I do this. It's like something different all the time depending on what race is coming up or what feels fun that day or what is the next challenge. And so for me that really um I don't know, it adds variety to my life. It's like a new challenge, you know, every day or every week or month or whatever, whenever I'm switching up the routine and confronting those new challenges for me is a real, like, tangible path to self-discovery. Um, and a lot of times it's, you know, in the middle of a run or after a really hard workout when I'm really, like, spent and my guard is down. You know, my my brain has lost the energy to be thinking of excuses or defenses or anything like that because I'm just straight up worked from a hard run or workout or whatever, it's a lot of times in those windows that um, I feel like my mind works most authentically and most truly and I'm able to kind of have an idea that's something worth writing about or find the end to that essay or that story that I couldn't find earlier. So for me, it's all just about self-discovery and knowing myself and pushing myself and when I'm um, creating that tension in my life, whether it's through work or through fitness or, you know, anywhere, any kind of challenge. I feel like it's in those moments of tension of like, it's a little bit of self doubt or wanting to quit and then pushing through something anyways, that, um, I don't know. I think that's kind of the secret to personal growth. It's like the secret no one wants to hear, you know, the secret it, is do really hard
0: things. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like for so many people, not only that I've interviewed, um, people that I look up to people whose work I look up to, they're not all of them, but so many of them, um, are people who are dedicated to fitness and I feel and I include myself in that bunch like I haven't worked out forever for me it started uh, after I graduated college so 2008 Uh, and I remember in the beginning I would just run on a treadmill I mean I like all things I've Now I do things that are absolutely, I will never run on a treadmill anymore. I want to do more fun things. But back then, that's how I started. That was kind of like my gateway. Um, And I remember grabbing my phone and just typing in like three words something that would at least help me remember what was going on in the moment, some creative idea that I had, and then yeah. just enough to remember it later. Sometimes right. I was just like, what? Uh, that wasn't enough because clearly that sounds bananas. But <laughs> right. uh, most of the times I was like, oh, I, I, I remember where I was going with this. Um, yep. Now, I do that
1: all the time. Right, my, it's it's the The note section of my phone, it lo- it's like a beautiful mind in there. It's yeah. just like these non sequiturs and random things that are supposed to jog my memory.
0: But sometimes I feel like if I don't get to those, you know, so small snippets fast enough, it's not that I'll forget them, but I won't feel like the urge to mm-hmm. expand on them and turn them into a blog post or whatever. And I'll just kind of like lose that the drive for that thought. And sometimes I'm like, OK, this, this I'll finish this tonight, uh, because if not, it just I kind of lose it. And then I look back and I'm like, don't really care about that anymore. I don't feel yes. like I need to say it anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. But I, so I love your Instagram, like I mentioned earlier. And not only are your, your photos are amazing, but you make, uh, I guess, most of the things that you do, like just look really fun. So like the megaformer, I'm like, whoa, that looks really cool. Um, that looks really fun. Mm-hmm. But you also share a lot in your captions. And yeah. I have to say, like, you've inspired me a little bit or pushed me to, to do it myself. Sometimes I'm like, mm, here's a really nice picture that I took because I'm into photography mm-hmm. and I'm going to write three words and that's it. Because now I'm like the emotion that came from with that, that picture, I'm too scared to share it, you know. Yeah. Um, and when I do, there's a lot of connection that happens. So Can you tell me a little bit about how into Instagram has helped your career or would you say maybe another social network has helped more?
1: No, that's a good question. Um, I would say Instagram is definitely the the platform or the social media avenue that I utilize most heavily, um, and that is is most tied into my career. I'll be honest. So, um, Facebook, like when I post, when I share um, articles that I've written on Facebook, I'll set the privacy to public so that you know anybody can read that. But for the most part, you know, Facebook, I have my connections, my friends that are mostly people I know or friends of friends or whatever. So that's a little bit more personal of kind of my real life, my whole real life. And Instagram, I do kind of curate that a little bit more to be uh, in the avenue of things I like to write about, I guess. Um, And I do kind of, so I mean, I do, I am a terrible photographer. I don't take great photos at all. I love nature. So I'm out in nature a lot and see things with my own eyes. I'm like, that's so beautiful. I wish I could capture that. And I just feel like I'm I'm a terrible photographer. I like do my best. And there's so many, you know, apps and editing and filters and all that stuff now that I feel like anybody can kind of throw up, you know, a decent picture on social media. And I would definitely consider myself in that category. Um, And I mean, some of the better pictures on my Instagram feed I'm fortunate to have a couple friends that are photographers that um, you know I've worked, I've partnered with, and we've done photo shoots together. And so the good pictures on my feed, I would say, are not my own pictures <laughs> at all. Um, and I am, you know, about the captions because I am a writer. So Instagram is kind of funny for me because a lot of times I'll have the caption first, I'll have something that I want to say, and then I'm like searching for a picture to accompany it. Um, so for me, I just like that. I don't know. I like that connection. I like like a little bit of something visual to um, round out a thought or round out a feeling. Um, But a lot of times I'll use Instagram almost to like test out ideas. You know, I'm like writing up just a really short little paragraph, I guess, Um, you know, too long for Twitter and I'm terrible at Twitter, but um, kind of a really short little paragraph or something and kind of see how it feels and how it reads and how it goes with an image. And um, if there's, you know, a big response, if a lot of people are chiming in with like me too, or that kind of a thing, um, then a lot of times those are ideas that end up going into more of a full essay or a full article. Um, And it's just always interesting to see what lands, you know, there's some, some posts where I feel like this is like, so interesting to me. And I have I have questions about it and I want to have a whole conversation about it. And it's, you know, like three people like it and nobody comments and it's like, okay, well maybe that's something that's a little bit more unique to me or a little bit less universal than I thought. And then other things that to me seem really like obvious, or I feel like everybody's talking about this. And then I post a little thought and people are like, I'm so glad you said this and I needed to hear this. And it's like, Oh gosh, okay. I guess people aren't talking about this idea as much as I thought. So, um, for me, it's just, yeah, sometimes it's like a little trial ground. And sometimes it's, um, yeah, things that aren't quite ready for a full essay or a full a full thought. It's just a little little idea here and there.
0: And how did you, you know, fall in love with, with writing in the first place or storytelling? That is
1: a great question. And I don't know. The heart wants what the heart wants, you know. Um, Was I'm it just something that loved just writing.
0: always from when the time you were little? Like you're back yes. when first memory kind of thing? Yes.
1: I okay. mean, my grandpa is a huge storyteller. Um, in his, like he's, he's passed now, but, and this is my dad's dad. In his final years, he would say, tell me a story. That was what he would say as he grew to greet you. You know, you'd say, Hey grandpa, how are you doing? He would say, good. Tell me a story. He'd answer the phone instead of saying hello. He'd say, tell me a story. <laughs>
0: that's, um, that's awesome. so he I like just,
1: that. yeah, <laughs> he was like the best, this dirty old man that just wanted to talk and wanted to connect with people. And, um, So, I mean, I think it probably starts there with my grandpa who told a lot of stories and appreciated the value of a story. And my dad is an excellent storyteller as a result of that. Um, And always, you know, I just grew up hearing my dad's stories. My dad lived an interesting life and told those stories, and I think shaped that in me. Um, And I just always grew up kind of seeing stories all around me and loved writing. I mean, one of my earlier memories from school, um, I remember I was probably in like second or third grade and it was writing filling out some sort of questionnaire of what do you want to be when you grow up and i wrote author and spelled it wrong a u t h uh a u t h e r author you know spelling it out phonetically and the teacher correcting it you know correcting it the right spelling and saying if you want to be an author you need to learn how to spell it and so that's a memory i mean from from that early knowing that i wanted to write and wanted to be an author and then you know my personality type in general, though, is I'm not – I historically have not been a big risk taker. Um, I don't like to get in trouble. I don't like to (laughs) – I don't know. I I generally choose, you know, a path that is pretty secure. I like to plan and be prepared and kind of know what outcome I can expect. And
0: Yet you left your um, job (laughs) for writing. Well, it
1: took a long time. I mean, goodness, I'm in my mid-30s. Like, they're in second grade. I knew that I wanted to be an author, and it took me – you know, a decade in the corporate world to build up the guts to do it. Um, And I think I just totally discounted it. In my mind, it was just like, that is an irresponsible life, you know, or to really make money writing, to really do that as a livelihood, as a career, it's nearly impossible. You have to have, you know, Hollywood connections basically or whatever. Um, So I just for so long enjoyed writing and kind of protected it as a hobby and felt like the responsible thing to do as an adult though, was to have a a real job, you know, a real job with benefits and a retirement plan and yada, yada, yada. But of course that came with huge trade-offs as well. And, um, it was really through, yeah, building up some guts and building up some grit and kind of having this idea that maybe I could take this big risk and, um, how much regret would I have if I didn't? So what I did it look
0: like? went for it. Yeah. When you went for it, when you decided to quit your job and now, I mean, I've seen from, uh, clearly stalking you on Instagram that that you write on different websites and stuff like that. So what is it when you say, you know, my, my livelihood is writing, what does that like logistically look like for you?
1: Right. It is so much less glamorous than it sounds. I'll be honest. It's funny. I've come to realize now, you know, to say I'm a writer, it's like a good party trick. People are like interested in that. When I meet people for the first time and it's, you know, Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a writer. There's always a lot of follow-up questions. Whereas before I'm like, the director of marketing at a law firm or I'm in medical sales. They're like, Oh, cool. Anyways, you like a drink piece, like I'm right. going to the bathroom. <laughs> right. Um, and it's like, I think, you know, being a writer sounds like it's, I don't know, so creative or maybe bohemian or something. But the reality is I, you know, spending a lot of time sitting in front of my laptop, um, which has been a transition. I mean, I guess I was spending time in front of a computer before as well when I was the director of marketing at a law firm. But, um, it's a lot of autonomy, of course. So, I'm a, I'm a full time freelance writer. So, I'm not on staff anywhere. I'm generally, um, you know, I have relationships with a handful of editors at the publications I write for. And I'm generally pitching them ideas. So, I spend a chunk of time every day kind of trolling the news, really, trolling trending topics and what's going on and seeing if that sparks anything for me that, um, that I have something to say about or that I think would be a fit for the publications that I write for. And then sending off pitches to editors. Um, so that's kind of the editorial work that I do. That's the, the template for it, you know? And then about half of the work that I do is commercial copywriting. So clients hire me to write the content for their website or their blog or catalog or whatever. Um, so with those, I'm not having to pitch ideas as much, you know, the clients coming to me and saying, this is the copy we need. This is the story we want to tell. So sometimes I'm interviewing people to kind of get some inspiration or whatever, but so it's a lot of time just researching and thinking through things, um, writing terrible, terrible first drafts and then editing them a million times. I'm lucky to have, um, some friends that are also writers and really gifted editors as well. Um, and that's, that's been a fun part actually is really uh, forming connections with people in that way, you know, asking a friend to edit some of my writing, like personal writing, you know, it's a very vulnerable thing to do to say here, this is a terrible first draft. I think it's terrible. I'm not sure that I'm saying what I want to say. And the words are all jumbled and whatever. Will you read this? Um, it's like, feel so naked, I guess, you know, it's kind of showing someone the, the most vulnerable part of you that's not polished and not done. And I'm lucky to have friends that handle that really well and give me great feedback. So, um, all of that is pretty unglamorous i would say you know and then i have to push myself sometimes to to get out you know like get out of the house and for for me that's a lot of where some of my physical fitness and activity comes in and my love for nature is that i just i need that to counterbalance the time in front of a laptop screen for crying out loud um so yeah it's trying to live a life that's pretty interesting that's interesting enough to have something to say about it um and then actually say it. You know, it's funny how many people I meet that say, like, oh, I've I would like to be a writer or I've thought about writing or whatever. It's like, yeah, well, you just gotta sit down and do it. You know, there's nothing to it but to do it. Like there's no just the verb. trick. Right. There's no, yeah, there's no like pixie dust. You just sit down and and force yourself to do it. Um so and I'm still kind of getting in the groove of that a little bit to some extent, I'll be honest. You know, holding myself accountable to the timeline and um it's like deadlines on deadlines on deadlines. So sometimes it can be stressful um but it's definitely not this like free spirited creative i'm just so in touch with myself endeavor the way that i think it can sometimes appear on the outside or maybe just sound when you hear like oh this person is a writer maybe they're just so creative and inspired all the time and it's really not like that very often i mean there's moments of that but for the most part it's like you should see my my notebooks, you know it's just these to do lists, like lists on lists on lists of this needs to get done by this time, and this interview needs to get completed so that this article can get written so that I'm meeting this deadline for this broader piece inside some magazine or whatever, so there's a lot of just just grind a lot yeah. of work
0: behind it <laughs> but it sounds like there's there's two very different audiences, you know, like copywriting clients mm-hmm. are going to be super different um to an editor. Who's uh, like for Pop Sugar or something like that? But it, it seems to me like, you know, writing is a party trick because people are drawn to, I feel like people are drawn to people who are being vulnerable and putting themselves out there, especially when they are not, maybe not especially when they're not themselves. Like artists are also attracted to artists, but um, yeah. that's why I feel it's so much more interesting for somebody to say, I'm a writer than to say, you know, I'm director of mar, even director of marketing. Like that's a creative, like, but if I'm a, I don't know, it just feels like the more you put yourself out there, the more people are like, really? And how does that, you know, there's a reason why I reached out to you and I'm like, tell me, how do you do this? Like, this is awesome. Um,
1: Yeah. There's no magic trick. I don't know. That's, yeah, it's just a matter of making lists and checking, checking boxes.
0: (laughs) But I definitely feel that hearing how people do it is, Uh, motivating because then you I mean you realize that there are no magic tricks that this is just Mm -hmm. you do x y and z and hope for you know whatever result so I feel like that's that's what's so attractive is is to see somebody actually doing it was there anybody that you were you know inspired by to start writing in the sense of like, I know, for example, I have a friend who's also a writer and we keep each other accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I would say that maybe in that relationship or friendship, I'm the one who's like, you can do this. Like you don't have to take on a corporate job, just Mm -hmm. write. Um, And then I've had people who've also inspired me when I'm like, maybe I should get a part-time job. No, just write the damn thing. You know? Right. Um, was there somebody who helped you to quit the job and start the freelancing? Um,
1: nothing super direct. Uh, I will share one story that seems like so unrelated, but, um, you know, for me, it really was kind of this like chain of dominoes where, you know, all these things in place, I think where, um, the last year that I was at my corporate job, um, I was enjoying writing and pursuing it more and more. And I think, you know, I did in the back of my mind have this idea if I can build up my writing gigs, you know, for lack of a better word, like build up the copywriting clients and start to kind of amass a portfolio there and then continue to be building relationships with editors and sending pitches their way. And obviously my time was really limited because I was working. Um, but I, would, I spent my nights writing and I think in the back of my mind kind of knew like, if I can build this up, that I could quit my corporate job and and do this full time. So for that last year, I was kind of working two jobs, essentially trying to build up um, enough steam in my writing career to be able to do that full time. And then there's all these kind of dominoes that get placed along the way. And it's like, what's going to be the thing that pushes the first domino, you know, and really uh, is a catalyst for quitting this job and really taking the jump. And um, one thing that caught me really off guard, so I was on a girl's trip down to San Diego And, um, we're at the beach one day and I, this guy was taking pictures of surfers and, um, you know, we got kind of chatty with him and he was just this, we're as a Monday. So we were there on a, like a long weekend. So this was our last day of our trip. So we're at the beach on a Monday. This guy's taking pictures of uh, surfers. We get chatty with him. Nice guy, single dad. And I just kind of like was struck by this idea that he is at the beach on a Monday, this is his like normal life. So he was a photographer, um, a freelance photographer, self employed, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and this was his life, this was his job. Like he had decided he wanted to be at the beach and take pictures of surfers today. And um, like looking around our group of girls that were on this trip, I'm like, we have spent months planning for this trip and like saving for airfare and getting time off work and arranging childcare and like so complicated for us to be here at the beach on a Monday and this is this guy's like normal life. And I just kind of had this moment of like, I need this to be my normal life. I need it to be an option in my normal life that I could be at the beach on a Monday. Like he's really doing it. And, um, you know, I think I've had this like entrepreneurial spirit or whatever, you know, that's kind of a cliche term, but, um, I've had the idea that I am a a businesswoman, I like to work hard. Um, I could potentially maybe be in business for myself one day. but I had always envisioned it as like starting a business, you know like having employees and letterhead and it would have to be this whole big thing. And I think that's where the idea that I'm not a risk taker always you know stood in the way of that. Um, it just was like too frightening to even take the next step in that thought process. But then as I was building up my writing and seeing this photographer at the beach on a Monday, And I just kind of had this idea of like, it could be small. It could be just me. It could be just me writing only for publications and clients that I want to work with. I don't have to start an empire. I can just be me. And I, if I can like do the math and make the numbers work a little bit, I could do this. And I could be someone that is my own boss and can go to the beach on a Monday if that's what I choose to do with my time. And so that like, you know, it was just like passing niceties with this guy, but that moment I think was like one of the dominoes that was maybe the push of the dominoes you know that I had put all these things in place had had all these thoughts had laid this groundwork was building up the clients was building up the portfolio and didn't have the guts didn't have the belief or the vision maybe and um that day at the beach I feel like there was like just that little tip of that first domino um so it was six more months until I actually quit my job but I think that was the time that I like had the vision most clearly like I want to be someone that can be at the beach on a Monday. That's the kind of life that I'm meant to live. I'm not meant to live under these fluorescent lights. So I remember going back to my um, job later that week and sitting in my desk, looking up at the fluorescent lights. And I just Uh was like, nope, nope, I cannot do this anymore. This is not for me. This is just not for me. And um, yeah, I just grew increasingly kind of dissatisfied with clocking in and clocking out and um, the confines of having a boss. And I mean, and it was a good job. I don't want to, I liked my boss. I liked the people that I worked with, but it just, I kind of outgrew that environment, I guess. Um, yeah. So I would say, you know, there wasn't like a writer that inspired me. There wasn't one friend that was like, you need to do this. It was a photographer. That photographer guy. Yeah. That was just kind of a a little domino in the journey of it all.
0: Yeah. And you know, I, I, many moons ago, I ran a website called theperpetualvacation.com and that was kind of like the the whole concept of like we don't, we can, this is, well, a a good friend of mine says like, this is not your practice life, you know? So uh, just, I I definitely share that with you. But what is it like now where, you know, it can be a little stressful, um, it can, you know, you have deadlines, you have two boys to take care of. What does it look like? You're not clocking in and clocking out, but how does it feel to do your own thing now? I know you're passionate about it, Mm -hmm. but tell me about the, the real, real, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, mostly really exciting. I'll be honest. There's moments of sheer terror for sure. And usually for me though, that it's financial, you know, it's like, what if, what if the work dries up? What if this client, I don't know, fires me or whatever? What if this publication gets enough staff writers that they don't need freelance writers anymore? then what then what will i do like we'll go broke you know um and i just have to remind myself like i don't know money's just money which i'm so responsible and frugal and all of that that that's like those words almost feel foreign coming out of my mouth because i know that you know it takes some money to live these days but um i just i don't try to remind myself that like i can find money somewhere else you know i'm a college educated employable smart woman like the worst that could happen here is if the writing thing dries up or doesn't pan out for whatever reason, I will just have to figure something out. That's the position I put myself in and I'll figure it out. Um, So that's what it, I mean, that's what it looks like. That's my self-talk in my head, I guess, when I'm having like moments of panic for whatever reason. Um, But I never have moments of panic about the work itself. I never have moments of panic about, am I supposed to be doing this? Or um, I don't know, am I, you know, falling out of love with it or anything like that? Like I, I love to write, and at the risk of sounding I don't know full of myself, like I think that I'm decent at it. you know, people are paying me to do it, so that should speak to that a little bit. So to me, I just feel so fortunate to have found something that I'm good at and that I enjoy, and that I'm able to make money doing that people will pay me to do. that feels bananas, that feels like a dream come true, so mostly it's really exciting and um, yeah, I am someone that likes the feeling of accomplishment and of achievement, so I kind of like the hard work that comes with it sometimes. Certainly there are days when I feel like I'm losing my mind, just staring at my laptop, you know, staring at a blank page and the inspiration isn't there, the words aren't there. Um, but I don't know, every job has things that drive you crazy. You know, every job has things that, um, are challenging and don't really speak to your strengths where you have to just like dig deep and get over it. So for me, that's like nothing new. You know, I've had enough jobs and enough work experience to know that, Every job has its downsides, but the upsides of this for me, of being my own boss and managing my own schedule and saying yes to the clients I want to say yes to and no to the ones I don't, um, and getting to use my voice and use my strengths to me, that is a dream come true. So I'm willing to do what it takes to make it work.
0: Yeah. Is it, I'm wondering what the next evolution of your writing is. So would you be, if it were up to you, would you have all like copywriting stuff or would it be more editorial stuff or something else completely? it was 100% yeah. up to you.
1: That is a great question. I actually really like the balance of about half copywriting and half editorial. The copywriting is um, so unvulnerable, I guess, you know, to be doing all editorial because a lot of the editorial work I'm doing is, are like first-person essays where I'm really sharing my perspective or maybe some part of my experience or my story, um, which in a, you know, in a way is some of my favorite writing to do. That's the writing where I know myself best and where I learn about myself through the process of writing it and where, um, you know, where I think I connect with readers the most too and in, in telling one's own story vulnerably and authentically and telling it well. That's where we invite other people to find their own emotional entry point into that story and say, you know, me too. This is a person who's put words to a thought or a feeling that I have as well and um, maybe wouldn't have been able to articulate. So that writing in some ways is by far the most rewarding But it's also kind of exhausting and kind of vulnerable to put so much of yourself out there. And, you know, the internet is a scary place and I've certainly got, you know, some weird troller comments and um, I don't think that I want to, I don't think that I could hack it to be honest, having that be the 100% gig. Um, It's just a lot of exposure and it's, you know, exhausting to keep going back to that well of personal experience and see what else is there and what other angle you can take and what other, um, perspective it might connect with. So for me having the copywriting and, you know, again, my professional background is in sales and marketing and, and I enjoyed a lot of that part of my career. I, that's part of the way that my brain works. Um, so I like the copywriting as well. For me, it is a way to use storytelling to, um, tell the story of a brand or a product or a service and, connect with a consumer audience in that way. And for me, that's kind of a fun challenge. Um, And it's rewarding in a different sense to have, you know, those clients come to me and say, like, this is kind of what we want to convey, and we don't know how to do it. And for me to say, well, what, let's tell this story. What about this narrative? Let's focus on this. And for them to be like, yes, that's exactly what we were wanting to do. Um, It's really rewarding to be able to kind of help them tell their story in a way that they were maybe too deep inside to identify or recognize themselves. Um, and, you know, I'm fortunate that because I am just me and I'm not necessarily building an empire, but um, I'm able to kind of pick and choose some of the clients that I want to be with. So a lot of the copywriting that I'm doing right now is with companies that are, you know, one of my clients is, is Carved Designs, so a women's surf inspired activewear line. They're based here in California. And for me, that's like, you can't get more about what I'm about than that, you know? So it's fun for me to be partnering with clients that um, are in the world that I want to be in, you know, that are doing the things that I like to do. So I like that mix of half and half. I would love to continue to grow both sides of that, you know, that the editorial work I'm doing is maybe in, you know, bigger publications, more well-respected publications. Um, Not that any of the publications I'm with right now are not well-respected, but um, I mean, it would be like a dream come true to write you know, a piece for the New York Times one day or something like that. I'm sure all writers say that, but, um, you know, publications like that, that would be a total dream come true. And then the same with copywriting, I'd love to be, you know, working with clients that are, um, that have a bigger voice and a bigger platform and to have my words reach an even broader audience still in that world. You know, I'd love to like the, the Nike women marketing campaign from the nineties, um, changed my life to be honest, you know, that if you let me play, um, campaign that they did and having Mia Ham as their first female sponsored athlete. Um, I'd love to be able to work on a campaign like that for a copywriting client someday. So same stuff, but but bigger, I would say would be the, the dream. Maybe one day a book, but I'm not really sure that I have a book in me. I have like one little idea in the back of my mind, um, but I don't know if I'm there yet.
0: Gotcha. And I think that what makes this even more interesting or adds a level of complexity to this are these tiny little children who depend yeah. on you for everything. Oh um, yeah. them. <laughs> oh yeah. them. how, how does that work um, for you to do all this, you know, take these risks, which honestly sound like kind of calculated risks. Like you, right. uh, at least now, I don't know. How long have you been freelancing?
1: Um, Probably two years in total, and then it's been seven months since I am doing that uh, full-time, since okay. I quit my job, quit okay. my corporate job. But I was doing freelancing on the side, kind of building up to that Right prior to leaving.
0: So, I mean, in seven months, it's already working, running pretty smoothly, uh, it sounds like, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you juggle the you know, the children's, um, with, right. with all this, with all this work, are they both in school now? Or I asked because my, my toddlers, um, he's going to be two in two months. So I still have um all yeah, the that's time. A hard age. That is a hard age. It's a very fun age. I will say yeah. he's, he just learned to sing happy birthday by himself. And every day, you know, you kind of, <laughs> I look at his dad, I'm like, what did you teach him that? You know, it's where right. that, it's a very fun age to, um, to witness the development. They're like sponges, you know? So um, just logistically, it's difficult. Sure. How How does that work for you?
1: My kids are both in preschool. Um, so they are in school, you know, it's kind of like a daycare preschool. I mean, we, we pay money to have them there for a good chunk of the day so that we can both work. Um, so they're in school from like nine to three kind of normal school hours. So those are you know, my business hours, I try to get as much as I can done during that time. And um, I mean, in reality, it's not uncommon that I'm also writing late at night after they're in bed. Um, And my husband is a super hands on dad. I mean, he's self employed as well. He's a general contractor. But he um, is a great dad, super hands on. So he helps a lot, you know, when I have a meeting or an interview or something that's outside of those hours. Um, So yeah, it's just kind of I don't know, each day figuring it out, you know, like how many hours do I have today and what are the top priorities and what can I get done during that time? And um, yeah, trial by fire every day, a little bit different.
0: And sacrificing sleep, which is what hurts me the most. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Sacrificing some sleep for sure. I mean, I don't watch a ton of TV anymore. Like as I got more and more um, involved in writing and in, in fitness, I mean, so when I was working at the law firm last year like a a normal day would be working a full day at the office and then being home with the kids, you know, doing dinner and all that, baths and getting them to bed and then going to the gym, like right after they went to bed to train for whatever race I had coming up and then to come home and write for an hour or two after that. And so, you know, I just cut the fat in my life. Like TV was out and, um, like, you know, vegging out on social media was out and those things just kind of lost their appeal and there wasn't time for them. And, um, yeah, so there's just not a lot of wasted time these days. There's not a lot of room for that.
0: Well, I mean, it, I think that makes total sense when you start filling the hours with stuff that you really that are really important to you. Uh, totally,
1: those things like lost their appeal. It yeah. wasn't like this painful goodbye to binging on Netflix. You know, it was like I know I need to do this. Like I need to be at the gym because I have a race coming up and I want to do well and feel prepared for that and. I need to do this writing because I have a deadline coming up, and this is an important story to tell, and I want to tell it well and get the words just right. Um, so these are things that I have to do tonight, and that means there's not time for whatever else thing, and
0: that just is the way it
1: is. You know. Next
0: question. Yeah. So I'm curious um, if you could share how you handle, you know, the highs and lows of you know, the creative roller coaster, because like you mentioned it's some days you're frustrated staring at a blank page and mm-hmm. there maybe a few times, at least for me, it's a few times things flow so wonderfully. And I am like, I right. am Oprah, like watch right. me go, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, how do you handle the highs and the lows? Great question. Um,
1: you know, I'm very extroverted. So I would say I handle both through talking about it. Um, you know, those same friends that edit my work so well and so grace, graciously, um, you know, I often, we reach out to each other with like, a everything, (laughs) everything sucks and it's the worst. And I'm actually a terrible writer and, you know, it's all falling apart kind of moments and, um, give each other the pep talks we need and, you know, and the vice versa too when it's going well, um, you know, sending links to each other of like, I can't believe I got this one published or love the way that this one turned out or whatever. So certainly I, uh, connect with a community of people around me that get it. You know, my friends that are creative and that are writers and have been there and done that. Um, I get a lot of support from, from those friends. Um, and then always just kind of like what's next, I guess, you know? Yes,
0: I totally know what you mean. And, you know, I don't want to take too much of your time. I know that one of your boys is sick. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and for sharing all that. And I hope that, I mean, I I do definitely know that the majority of the people who are listening to this podcast are creating um, uh, something. And Mm -hmm. I know that we have um, a ton of writers out there. So I know that hearing your story and hearing your perspective will be helpful to them. But honestly, everybody who's creating can you know, glean insights from this. So so thank you for sharing all of that with, with us and your story and everything. And, and I'll be um, including links to your Instagram and the posts and all the good things. We didn't even get to Coffee and Crumbs, but maybe we'll do a part two in a few months and we'll sure. get there.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure.
0: All right, everybody, you heard it first. That was Anna Quinlan telling us about not only just her struggles with going full-time as a writer, but how she has overcome those struggles and really just rocked it as a writer. I love this conversation because there was something that she said that really resonated with me. And that's that writing just means sitting down to write. And if you really think about it, the word writer, the word painter, the word hand letterer, the word you know singer... All it really is is a verb, you know. If you want to be a writer, you need to write. If you want to be a singer, you need to sing. If you want to paint, you know, if you want to be a painter, you need to paint. So I love the fact that Anna so embodies this lesson that not only has served me at this time in my life when I'm working on the book that I told you about in the last episode, but I know that a lot of you are not only struggling to find the motivation and discipline to get your craft out there into the world but also make lots of money doing it so or at least to support yourself and your family so a very special thank you to Anna for sharing her story with us and thank you for listening you know you can find all the links to where you know Anna on Instagram and her blog and you know the post that actually led me to Anna on you know if you just visit www.process.show there'll be more information there in the show notes on Anna so join me over there so we can continue the conversation thank you again for listening if you enjoyed this episode I hope and pray that you would be generous enough to leave us a review a very honest review on iTunes so thanks so much I'll see you next week I'm Marcela Chamorro your host and this was Process